What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Card Quest. Now, let me ask you guys a question. If you want to buy cards right now to flip in the playoffs, when we know there's a consolidated focus, you know, a consolidated focus on these teams, these guys, all the eyeballs are going to be on them. If they perform well, then their rookie card values are going to go up. You're going to be able to flip these cards for profit. We're seeing a lot of cards go undervalued right now in eBay auctions. I'm hearing it from Scaladesi before the show, and we're going to talk about it tonight. And one of the best ways to find these players that are going to perform well over the course, the entire course of the playoffs is playoff best ball, guys. So we're going to be talking about Underdog's newest tournament format they just released, and that's playoff best ball. I'm going to share with you guys what it's all about. But I got Scaladesi back on the show with me because we're also talking about pickums. He's also the most popular guy at his local post office because the amount of <laughs> eBay packages coming in and out of there. This True. man is quickly becoming a legend on the football card quest. And he's got 15 plus years in fantasy football experience, several championships under his belt. And we missed the pickums, the five parlay pickums on Thanksgiving by one pick, one pick. And it was the stinking David Montgomery touchdown. Steve, the yeah. David Montgomery touchdown, man. Yeah, man, uh, that's very unfortunate. They had multiple opportunities for you. Just a shame he didn't punch one in. It was a shame because he hit the over on the yardage. You had Andy Dalton hit the over on the yardage. You had Zeke get the touchdown. Uh, man, it was it was a great day of football. What's up, Joel's? Joel Strugelmeyer, what's up, man? I love this comment right here. Appreciate you, Joel. Good stuff. What's up, Anthony Ruggiero? What's up? This is actually my brother-in-law here from Tampa. What's good? Shout out to him. Raven Invest. Raven Invest, man. What is good, man? Eric Uchimura, what's going on, man? Aloha. Good afternoon from Hawaii. It's, uh, it's probably, what, middle of the afternoon there right now? All right, so Michael Ham, fishing and sports card hobbyist. What's good? Ham the fish, another fellow tampon here. And uh, Ham is is uh, thick and deep in the weeds on the quest as well. He's going to the Collector <laughs> Con, man. Where's Collector Con? Is that here in Tampa? Am I going to have to come down for that? Yeah, I think you're going to have to come down for that, man. I think so. So, so tell tell the audience, Steve, about your the recent experience you you just had because this is a very interesting uh, story, and I, I wasn't aware that you could potentially get deemed as a seller for this on eBay. So, I want you to share with people what just happened to you. Yeah, so anyone selling on eBay, you've probably had this happen to you before, um, and it is someone who decides they are not going to pay for their purchase. Uh, in this particular case, it was a buyer who submitted an offer to me. Uh, I did accept the offer. And then he contacted me two days later and said, hey, man, uh, I changed my mind. I'm not going to pay. <laughs> but so, he submitted uh, the offer to you. Yes. 
And then he, and then he changed his mind two days later, said, I'm not going to pay. And he asked you, he had the audacity to ask you to cancel it. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that's where I got into looking into the, the eBay seller protocols on eBay. Um, and it turns out that you can get dinged as a seller for canceling auctions. Um, and I did have this with another card last month, not knowing that, but the buyer did not pay for two weeks. So just know if you're selling cards and they are not paying, uh, once the payment window closes, which I think is like four or five days, uh, you can actually, there's a button that pops up and it'll say contact eBay or something like that. Um, and then they will put a strike on the buyer rather than you getting one for canceling the sale. So just something to keep in mind. Very, no, I'll definitely keep that in mind. I was not aware that that was a possible scenario that could happen. Fortunately, I have had one guy that accepted the offer that uh, I sent him or he, he hit the buy. Now he just never paid, never responded to my messages. I, I eventually canceled it myself and relisted it. But I, I could see that. That makes sense. If you're canceling as a, as a seller, you're canceling too many sales. I guess in eBay's eyes, that definitely looks bad, right? They're like, what is this guy? Why is this guy keep canceling? Right, because it puts the, you know, the burdens on you if you're canceling it. And, and, and they don't know why you're canceling it. But if someone's not paying and they have a habit of doing this with other uh, sellers, um, it's going to eventually maybe get their account banned. So I, I would imagine that someone buys a card and hasn't paid and then the Sunday night games are over and maybe that guy got hurt or maybe that guy had a bad game. They might default. That's just how it is. But you know, it shouldn't be the burden shouldn't be on you. You didn't do anything wrong. You know, uh, like you guys have said on the, the fantasy uh, podcast, you know, man up, if you buy a card, pay the man, you know, that's it, man. If you buy a card, man up, pay the man. Doesn't matter if you drink coffee out of a little mug that's <laughs> got a little cat on it. You man up and pay for the card and you receive it. You shouldn't have sent the offer. So, Scaladesi, man, let's, uh, before we dig into these pickums, I'm going to share my screen and show the good people uh, what we're talking about with, in terms of, Playoff best ball on Underdog Fantasy. You know, the show is sponsored. We are affiliated with Underdog Fantasy. So for all new users, this is a tremendous help to the quest. But you also get a 100% deposit match bonus when you sign up at underdogfantasy.com using promo code QUEST. And this is a $10 uh, entry. So you sign up, put in 10, you get a free 10 instant. No slow drips, Galadesi. So you can instantly get that $10 free and then get into this wild card tournament and parlay that knowledge that you're finding out from this best ball tournament with some incredible players to buy right now. What do you think about that, Steve? I think I'd like to try it out. I so, actually, I, I've seen best ball drafts. I haven't actually done one myself though, so this will be a first. Yeah, so it's ten rounds. So, so let me let me run through the little breakdown here for you for uh, real quick for everybody. <clears throat> It is, it is 10 rounds, right? And so you can see the max number of entrants, 5.6 thousand entrants by, by the end of this thing. It's going to close on January 15th. It's a $10 entry. 
Uh, you can enter into it up to 150 times, 150 rosters. It's going to be four tournament rounds, uh, 10 rounds. There's going to be the, the draft size is basically a league of six people. And, you, you know, you're going to, it's like a snake draft and you're going to pick a player and you want to build your roster in this, in this construction I'm about to show you because the first place is 10,000, second place, 4,000. You can see you can win quite a bit of money, fantasy money. And, and kind of the goal is in this to pick players that are going to perform the best throughout the entirety of the playoffs because the All qualifiers right. is the wild card round of the NFL. Round two is the divisional round semifinals of conference championships and then the championship is the super bowl so if you've got players left on your best ball roster that are in the super bowl you're going to be putting up points and potentially winning the ten thousand dollars which if you are buying players rookie cards right now that are going to be in the super bowl you're you're gonna make money you are gonna make money you know what i'm saying steve yeah no that that definitely uh adds an element to your draft, uh, the guys that you would want to have around in the Super Bowl probably wouldn't want to be a kicker. You know, you probably want like a position, skill position player. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It's it's, it's half point PPR. Uh, the roster is only one QB, one running back, two wide receiver slash tight end, one flex, five bench. So you really want to you want to handcuff, you want to stack. So. Uh, my thought process is, for example, if if I'm betting on the Bucks going back to the Super Bowl, I'm going to want to stack as many Tom Brady, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny, you know, as, as rosters as I can and kind of put all my chips because if they make it to the Super Bowl, then all of a sudden I've got a stacked <clears throat> roster to put up some awesome points that final championship round. You know, so I, I, I think that that is a really good thought process to go into this type of tournament. And, guys, it is a perfect parlay to buying those guys' rookie cards now on the low because they are going to go up at, at the Super Bowl. We've seen that happen every year, even before the sports card boom. I don't know why we wouldn't see it this year. I, I would mean, it would be a shock if it didn't happen, right? So is this, not, is this a, uh, a full NFL player pool? This is going to be a full NFL player pool right now. I just entered it. I think it's going to fill up pretty quick. Let's see. And it's only 30-second round. So, in fact, I've gone ahead and entered it. And you can see here uh, with the player pool, look at all the different quarterbacks available. I mean, I could pick Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Jameis Winston, Sam Darnold, you know, Heineke, Roethlisberger, if I thought they were going to make the uh, the playoff, Russell Wilson, you know. So, yeah, this is the entire player pool. So you really have to understand uh, the current standings in the NFL and which teams are likely to make the playoffs because you are picking players that are going to perform well in the playoffs. This is, this is not going to actually start until January 15th, this tournament. Okay. So well, we're going to yeah, go ahead and – That'll give people a better idea of uh, maybe who to take. You know, is it something you could change? Can you? Is there free agents or not? No, okay. no. So that's the that's the five bench. Uh, that that's uh, one element of best ball. It all the focus is on the draft, and once you draft your team, that's it, man. It's it's locked into place. 
There's no uh, changing players on a weekly basis. There's no pickups, drops, anything like that. So you probably want a backup quarterback just in case. Potentially want to draft two quarterbacks, yeah, because what it does is it automatically optimizes. the. It'll give you the most amount of points based on uh, that week's performance. So if you had Brady and Mahomes, if Brady got more points than Mahomes uh, one week, then they're going to give you the points for Brady. So they'll automatically optimize it if you have multiple players in the same position. All right. Yeah, so I can I can show you like under my live because we did a lot of best ball drafts before the season. They were all awesome, and I you know it really sharpened my skills. I, you look at me, I'm doing I'm doing all right in the rookie card league. You know, I'm doing all right in the uh, the fantasy league. I'm making the playoffs in both of those leagues, and in, in, uh, in second place and third place in the other one. So I'm feeling good about my my squad, and a lot of that you know was honed in because of doing all these best ball drafts. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'll definitely have to throw down one of these. So check this out, man. I got. I'm in. Uh, out of twenty six. I'm currently at stake 137. I'm winning 107. So I'm about break even right now, but it's not it's not terrible. You know, it's kind of all over the place, and and we still have time left in the season. Um, you know, some of the 12 person ones. Yeah, I'm in I'm in first. So you can look at the the roster and come over here and go, oh okay, I'm in first at 527. Who did I have? I had Joe Burrow has put up most of my points on a weekly basis. This was a roster I went I, I I I did a dart throw on Fitzpatrick and Deshaun Watson. You can see Mac Jones has got points for me on a couple weeks, and Joe Burrow has got most of my points on a weekly basis. Which Joe Burrow, if you look back from before the season, Joe Burrow was a great rookie card buy. I mean, his card values have gone up a lot from before the season when he was throwing interceptions in preseason and training camp till now leading the Bengals to a playoff seed yeah and uh, as i was telling you last week you know i just got back into the hobby in about july and i've been a burrow fan for a long time and i loaded up and you know what i'll be honest even in july i didn't entirely know what i was getting myself into because i wasn't familiar with the current market uh i wasn't super familiar with uh you know how to check prices and sales and stuff like that and you know it only took me a couple weeks to get caught up but I did pretty good. Uh, got quite a few field level silvers and some other nice cards, and they're going for more than ten times what I paid for them right now. Nice. There you go. There you have it, guys. And and so you look at my running back pick, Derrick Henry. Okay, he was his card prices were going up and up and up until he got that injury. Hopefully, he'll be coming back. Uh, that was a foot injury, and so hopefully he'll be coming back. Actually, playoff time. Uh, we could see Derrick Henry get back on the field. DeAndre I Swift. Actually, I read something on Henry today about uh, they said he could come back uh, January 2nd. It would be the earliest. Ooh. I know he takes his, his conditioning and in, in his physical therapy very seriously, so I, I could see it. Let's check out the comments. Who we got? JJ Bama in the house. What's up? Gaming God LJ, man. Long time no see, guys. What is going on? Uh, Jackson, JJ Bama, Shelly, what's good? Awesome, man. Yeah, glad to, glad to see you guys in the chat tonight. Drop 
uh, any comments, questions you want. And um, CollectorCon, man, I definitely got to I'll definitely keep my eye on that um, in the next uh, couple weeks here. My wide receiver pick, if you notice, Steve was Debo Samuel. He's put up the most points for me. I had Devontae Adams, Deontay Johnson, but Debo Samuel, uh, I know he's going to miss a couple weeks with a little a minor injury, but overall, I mean, Debo Samuel has been playing lights out. Like, And he's taking uh, snaps out of the backfield. I mean, how do you beat that? A little Cordell Patterson in him. You know, we're used to looking for running backs that can catch the ball. This is a receiver that can catch the ball running the ball. So it's changing the game. So see, par- taking that taking that best ball knowledge right there and parlaying <clears throat> that with card investments is, is a great strategy if you hit on those guys. Um, I want to I wanna get your opinion. I want to do a over-under, a pick em for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night's game, Thursday night. Uh, this is not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Dallas at New Orleans. How are you feeling about this game, Steve? What are you what are you feeling in terms of over-unders here on these props? Let's see what we got there. Let's see. You know, the Ezekiel Elliott thing is it's not a certainty right now. They're saying that he's fine, but they're not really in a position to push him. They don't have to. Uh, so I would be worried about any any of his overs. Uh, but Pollard, on the other hand, has a little up arrow next to his name. Uh, they don't have to lean on Zeke as much right now because they don't have to. They have a, a pretty healthy lead in the division. So Pollard, 16.5 receiving yards. That one's pretty nice. 16.5 receiving yards or 61.5 total rushing and receiving yards. Those are both pretty good. Uh, I'll tell you the one I don't like, and that's the Dak passing over. I don't like that one. Uh, New Orleans' pass defense is actually quite good, uh, but the Pollard ones look pretty nice. Where where the heck is – okay, there's Amari Cooper. I'm like, how many weeks in a row is Amari Cooper going to have COVID? <laughs> He's uh, – I think he was limited He missed practice. two weeks already. Yeah, the, the recent news out of camp, though, is that he's not 100%. Uh, he's feeling fatigued, so I would be wary of that. Mm. And Lamb is just coming off an injury, but he practiced in full. And, it, and his was a concussion. Yeah, th- was it two weeks he missed as well? It was, yeah, it was two weeks that he missed as well. And you know what? I did read an article about exactly what you said, Steve. They are looking to rest up Ezekiel. You look at the standings. Dallas is almost a, a shoe-in at this point for making the playoffs and in their division. Um, and so they are making sure that Zeke is 100% for when that comes. There's no point in rushing him. And he's been dealing with some uh, nagging knee issues, and so they're – they're going to make sure that it gets that thing back to 100% and give them a week off when they've got this kind of lead. I think that they can easily beat New Orleans with the way New Orleans has been playing. And I, I with, with um, you know, Marshawn Lattimore and the Saints secondary being well above average in, in league rankings, 
I think the way to go is attack them on the ground, you know, in like a screen game, uh, run game, all, all that kind of stuff. I think the over on Tony Pollard here is really nice. Here's another thing to take into consideration. As of right now, Taysom Hill is starting for the Saints. Ooh. So that's a big question mark. But in my opinion, I, I don't see them putting a ton of points up. So I think the run game will be heavy. And I, I think that that favors Pollard quite a bit. Yeah, so it's a close game, fought in the trenches. I like it. So so I'm thinking here, I'm just going to go with the total, rushing and receiving, whatever it may be, 61.5. Seems pretty safe. I think it's – I mean, you're, you're adding a little bit because they're, they're rushing only as 44. And so, yeah, you add them up. That is – that's 61. We're at 61.5. So, yeah, I, I think – I mean, I don't I, – I feel like it's going to be too hard to – I mean, that, that receiving seems really low to me. Too, but I think they both seem low. Yeah, and by taking that half uh half yard penalty, it, it just <coughs> excuse me, has to be a combination of the two. Uh you might not get the receiving yards if you were to take both of those other two bets or the rushing yards, for example. And I find it interesting that Amari if Amari Cooper may play, and we don't I guess we don't know for a hundred percent yet. CD Lamb, he should play, and it was a concussion, so he should be back. I, I like Michael Gallup in this if, if Amari Cooper's on a pitch count. Because, you know, he's he's an outside threat. Uh, last week, um, Michael Gallup, or any time, in fact, that Amari uh, Cooper has been out, Michael Gallup has put up solid production. I mean, last week he had 106 receiving yards. So 96% snap share. The week before that as well, 94% snap share and 44 receiving yards. That was at Kansas City in that low-scoring game where Kansas City's defense actually decided to play. Even in that game, he had 40 receiving yards, Steve. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think a lot of it's going to hinge on uh... – if Cooper, in fact, plays, it, it doesn't sound too promising. So you might be right on with that over. I don't know who else to pick here, though, to be honest with you, may, unless I, I unless I pick a Dak one. Or I could go under. I could go I, under I, on I, the yeah. total. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be airing it out. I don't. Uh, the only thing that could really screw that is if there's a long connection on one play. But I, I don't see it. Uh not that it can't happen, but it's it's quite a strong defense. Well, I think I'm I think I'm gonna go conservative this one just because there's not many options. I really don't have the trust in any of these receiving over unders. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm tempted to press under on Marquez Callaway. It'll be the one time he proves you wrong, though. I I, I don't know. <laughs> with 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 Taysom Hill throwing the ball, man. I don't know. I don't know Is, what to expect, man. Has he? St- has he started a game in his career? I don't know if he has. He has started a game last year. He started a couple games last year, and that's when it was like, wow, this the receivers just get a total downgrade with Taysom Hill back there because, you know, it's he's likely to tuck and run it. He just doesn't he doesn't push the ball down the field very well. He's not a, a nearly as good of a, a thrower as he is a rusher. And so they're kind of their game plan is totally different. 
So Kamara is going to be back, from my understanding. They're going to have to rely heavily on him to have a chance. But he's too risky, according to Underdog. He's too risky to even put up a prop for him. I agree. Yeah. And you don't see Taysom Hill on here either because it's too risky. I guess it's uncertainty. That volatility, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, for the Thursday night games, those look pretty good. I wouldn't Dude, touch you know anybody. I, I wouldn't touch anybody on uh, on the Saints. I'm so tempted to press the over, but sure enough, it would be like my luck that they would prove me wrong. I, but it's so tempting. Like I guess six X. Oh man, I gotta <laughs> do it. I gotta hit an under on one. I'm gonna hit an under on Traquan Smith because he's got the highest total. Fair. Yeah. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll go under, and uh, Callaway will go off for a hundred. There you go. Let's see, confirm. Hey. Put in five dollars. There, there it is, guys, for tomorrow night. Five dollar turn into fifty. Now, in terms of parlaying that with rookie cards, I think the clear buy in this entire sheet right here is Tony Pollard. Wouldn't you say? I would. Uh, his cards are already valued pretty well, but he's you know maybe a season or two away from maybe handling the backfield by himself, uh, whether that's with Dallas or not. And uh, you know maybe we don't like Dak in this game that much, but I like Dak long term, and I like Dak for the playoffs too. Um, and as far as you, as far as I'm concerned, I mentioned it last week. His rookie cards, I still think, are very undervalued. Uh, when you put him side by side with someone like, um, I don't know, any of the top quarterbacks for that matter. I mean, he's, I think he's a top five quarterback in the league. His card prices wouldn't represent that, though. You know what else I really like about Dak, Steve, is that he's a 2016 rookie. So when you look at his cards, that's a first year optic. And there's definitely an increase in collectability and investment factor in a first-year product, especially one as iconic as Optic rated rookie, right? Yeah, and uh, I, what is it? As soon as next year, uh, Panini will be no more? Well, is, I don't, is that set in stone? Has that all, like already been inked out with Fanatics? Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't seen any dates. But I would imagine, I don't know. I mean, for all we know, Fanatics could somehow keep Optic and make a new Optic under their name. Who knows? I don't know exactly how that works. That's a good, hey, what's up, Brian? Uh, that's a good point from Jackson here. He says, why don't I do the under for Zeke? Well, it's because I think Zeke could rip off um, a couple big plays easily for you know, 65 and a half. They could be, uh, for all we know, you know, yeah, they're they're going to rest him, but he could be on a pitch count. And I I just, I don't feel as confident hitting the under on Zeke as I do hitting the over on Tony Pollard. I think if there was like a Zeke to score a touchdown, that might be a safer pick than him to get the yardage combo. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I do see what you're saying. And I could go, if I'm going to go over on Pollard and then under on Zeke, um, I think that's definitely doable too. Like I'm, I'm almost tempted to do a secondary one where I do go 
under on on 65 and a half i wonder if he hmm, let me look at what the latest is on on z you know he didn't put up a lot of yards last week either Zeke has practiced in full every day this week and is expected to suit up and start Thursday night. But see, it's like behind the scenes, though. Let's see, it's clear that the knee is an issue with his explosiveness. And Tony Pollard has looked like the better option out of the back. I mean, yeah, we've Tony Pollard's looked like the better option since last year, <laughs> this time when Zeke was Mr. Butterfingers. So, and you're right, last week. I mean, he only had 24 receiving yards and 25 rushing yards uh, at Kansas City, 32 and 36. So he was at 68. And uh, last week he was at 49. Yeah, he's, so, got the, he's got the goal line work, but he hasn't been putting a lot, moving the chains very much. Very true. So you could go under, under Zeke. Uh, total yardage over Pollard total yardage. And you could play it that way because you could you could stop right there and just uh, 3x, you know, like do a do a five dollar make 15 on on something that small by itself. Yeah. And then, and then what you do is you come in here and maybe mix it up, maybe hit the over on C.D. Lamb and hit the under on Marquez Callaway instead of of, of um, Traquan Smith and do a little contrarian play, you know, to my Michael Gallup over and my uh, Traquan Smith over. So I kind of I like these, you know, because... <laughs> I'm kind of hedging my bets a little bit, but the common denominator is over on Tony Pollard. And the best and I'll, part dude, look at this is... auction. You know, you know, one of my favorite cards, especially 2019. I love how they did this logo, the team logos. Like I love 2019 Buccaneers rookie ticket auto cards. <clears throat> uh, I love the way this rookie ticket auto looks from 2019. And and dude, look at this. This is November 30th. This was yesterday. Auction ended at 4.24 p.m. On card, uh, rookie ticket auto for Tony Pollard at $20. That's so cheap. It's very, very that, cheap whenever. I know we talked about this uh, the other day, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if Pollard starts getting a lot more work and they use him more going into the playoffs, his already elevated card values could continue to go up. Uh, I can tell you that in a strange twist uh i have sold more tony pollard cards than joe mixon cards this season and they're all high-end cards dragon scales psa 10s psa 9s autos non-autos it's just weird i mean but oh. dallas yeah. has a, a market that is much larger than cincinnati's it's just what it is that is that's exactly what i was going to say is because Man, the, the market size of the Dallas Cowboys influences those cards so much just because their fan base is literally millions of people larger than Cincinnati's. But when the focus is consolidated in the playoffs, let's say Dallas gets knocked out, all of a sudden Cincinnati pulls off a, 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 a huge win, you know, in the playoffs. 
then all of a sudden you've got all this focus around Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. Who's your? Uh, I, and I saw. I know last time you talked, you said you had this orange uh, prism from Joe Mixon yeah. on the Bengals. And right now, I'm feeling very confident about the Bengals making the playoffs. Who's your favorite investment target on the Bengals? I think it'd be hard to not say Burrow, and that could be a biased thing, but I just think that if you look at uh, quarterback values for cards right now, uh, he's right up there mm-hmm. with uh, uh, all the other top QBs as far as the, the price of his rookie cards. And you got to remember, last year he got really shorted by injuries. So he's hungry, and if they get into the playoffs, I could see his cards going way up. I mean, like we just talked about earlier with my field-level silver rookie card, I bought it in July for probably $40, and ungraded, they're selling for four or $500. I've seen them go for mm, Man, that that's really good. And so do you think that – those cards, though, are going to – so you think they're going to continue to appreciate if the Bengals – like, they're playing the Chargers this week. Um, I'm, I was going to look at their the rest of their schedule here to the, to, the, uh, to the playoffs, but you think those cards will continue to appreciate into the playoffs if, that, if, if they were to pull off a playoff run? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that there's – you know, part of the market that might still be skeptical because, you know, he was hurt last year. So they have a small sample size to work with versus somebody like Patrick Mahomes. But we, you know, you guys covered this on the show the other night, Mahomes cards are diving. Um, Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, there is this free for all for what quarterback is going to take the number one spot for the most desirable rookie card. And I think it's, Maybe going to be whoever wins the Super Bowl this year. If it's a if it's a younger quarterback, especially whether that be Murray or Burrow, Herbert, maybe. You know what's interesting? Look at the schedule for the the Bengals here coming down the stretch. They got the the Chargers this week, and so this is a big game because the Chargers are now coming off of a loss to the Broncos, where it's like they've kind of fallen off their high horse from earlier in the season, right? And and then they have the 49ers who are, are hit or miss. And they're struggling, but they're they're definitely well ahead of the um definitely well well ahead of the Seahawks, but they're behind the Rams and the Cardinals. But the the Broncos have, their defense is so good, it's just like what what version of Teddy Bridgewater are you gonna get in that game? I think that any of these games they could win. Then they get the Ravens again, division opponents in week 16. So it's like almost like we're looking at a potential roller coaster here. And if Joe Burrow can lead the Bengals to wins over these these teams, there's going to be a ton of eyeballs on these games. These are big matchups here, man. And then they get the Chiefs week 17, and then the Browns again week 18 to finish the season. I mean, this you're right. I, I definitely could see... If, if they win out, if they win some more of these games and make a playoff run, we're looking at a big uptick. I think, uh, obviously, there's quite a few interesting games that you just showed right there. And I think the one of the 
key ones to watch, uh, I think, is this week they play the Chargers. And those are like same quarterback class, uh, similar skill set, similar card value. And uh, it's not too often you get to see them square off with one another. So I think that's going to be interesting. Mm, mm. I'm curious to see what um, what card should I look up for Joe Burrow? What what card do you think is kind of like Joe Burrow's gold standard? Whew, man, I, you know those rookie ticket autos are going for a lot of money. But you know, there's there's so many. His, you know, when you look at his, some of his cards, autos or or short prints. I mean, look at that dollar amount; it's insane. These are these are available listings. Yeah, a lot of a lot of slabs. Is that nice little blue one right there? Sixty-two out of ninety-nine for two grand. Let's look at the sold auctions. We know here on the quest we're targeting those auctions. Here's a probe steam ended yesterday for one thousand one thirty-six. Here's a PSA eight with the auto at a ten. Six forty-four. I, I can't believe the uh the eight went for like half the price of the raw card. It's a shame, man. I'm I'm a big believer in investing the card in the player before the grade. And I think someone got a deal because shoot, you could crack this thing out of the slab, sell it raw. It, it, it's because, you know, in the raw format, you have the the hope, <laughs> the aspiration that it could be a 10, right? You know, sure. for so these higher higher end investors. I mean, I and honestly was, if I if I saw that auction, I would have I would have won in on it. That's that's a hell of a steal right there. Joey yeah, no, B. This, this Joey B. I love the signature too, Joey B. Six, like so six forty four. So it's not it's not terrible. I'm curious to see. What about comparison. some buy it now prices? Yeah. Okay. Let's look at the buy it buy it now solds. Um, ah. Yeah, difference. I mean, people are paying that money. So this is what's wild. This is the same exact card that you guys just saw from the PSA eight that sold for uh, sold for six forty four. Now we could go and what you do is you just kind of like copy and um, can highlight this and copy it, and then I'll come over to one thirty point and we'll see what they um, what it got accepted for. But I I would guess. I mean, what are you gonna guess, Steve? That this got accepted for. Uh, what was the sale price? Twenty twenty five hundred best offer accepted. I'll say twenty one hundred. Twenty one hundred. Yeah, let's say pretty pretty solid discount. Do, 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 so you learn something new do, every day. Do, do, do. I've seen this website. I didn't know you could copy and paste uh, listing totals. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the way it works best for me because then, boom, you'll immediately get that one popped up to the top. And look at that. $1,500, wow. brother. Nice. That's, yeah, I mean, the guy probably, discount, but... guy probably pulled it out of a box. You know, it's hard to say no to that, that amount of money. I think that he pulled i think this was probably um and i'd love to hear some of your guys's opinions on this but uh this is as you can see here steve in in a um with a panini seal on okay. the top of it it's a redemption card yeah that's what i was gonna say it's a redemption card that someone sent in 
and that that's how it comes back from Panini. So you got to feel pretty confident in the grade. However, I mean, I'm sure the guy that got the PSA eight handled that card just fine as well. And PSA obviously found something. And maybe it's one of those cards that you crack and regrade with PSA. I've seen guys doing that, and they have been successful with that as well. Yeah, I, I think that as far as the redemption cards go, it's pretty safe. But I, I have actually seen a video recently where uh, a guy sent in a couple of redemption cards, and two of them got eights. So, I mean, it's not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. All right. I was looking at Shelly's comment here. Falcons-Tampa Bay game is the place to be this weekend. Go Atlanta. Yes, I am delirious. I'm on NyQuil with this awful cold. <laughs> Jeez, well, I hope you get I hope you get feeling better, Shelly. But you got me thinking. Actually, I want to look at Pickums for Sunday. And uh, this is the first game I want to look at. Let's is, go. Uh, Tampa at Atlanta, right? let's see what we got sunday oh yeah we got um we got four right now i imagine there's gonna be some more added but right now tom brady 299 we're not gonna have antonio brown antonio brown's gonna be out out for for the next two weeks two more weeks man so I don't know what Antonio Brown price they're at. Obviously, there's a lot of volatility that comes with that guy. I see Billy Moe's comment right here, wide receivers to invest in. Antonio Brown's a Hall of Famer. They're going to reluctantly let him in, <laughs> but they've got to let him in based on his stats and his championships alone. You know, um, they got to let him in, even though he is a loose cannon. He's crazy, but still, when he's on the field, he is money. And there's just something about that connection with Brady and Antonio Brown that is almost unstoppable. You know what I'm saying, Steve? Yeah. uh, If you remember week one, that was, wow, electric. Uh, The connection between those guys is definitely serious. And uh, when he gets back on the field, uh, presumably in two weeks, I think they'll be ready to make that playoff uh, run official lock it up. Mm. Shelly's going to be at this game. She's going to be at this game. So I almost feel compelled to pick one of these overs, one of these receiving overs here on Atlanta. How do you feel about these, this receiving over on Kyle Pitts at 58.5? You know what? He's been so volatile week to week. That's really hard to say. And, and, and it's not that he's bad and it's not maybe that Matt Ryan's even bad, but, you know, as someone that unfortunately has Matt Ryan in our fantasy rookie card league, uh, he has no time to throw the ball whatsoever. And Tampa's defense is just really good. So I would be very wary um, on that. Now, on the flip side, you could say that they could be getting blown out and there'll be garbage time points. So that's another possibility as well. I think maybe the Patterson one could be safer. Um, but you know what? Technically, Tampa's more of a run-stopping team. They do create a lot of turnovers. So I could see the I could see the over happening too. Yeah, this this is a tough one to pick. It is rushing and receiving Cordero Patterson. Obviously, as you guys just saw, Cordero Patterson, the number nine running back 
in the entire league right now. He's having a really good year. Um, just so happens what Steve was preaching from the mountaintops. Just I didn't have him on the channel then, but he was preaching at the beginning of the season, telling his dad, his brother, everybody, go pick up Cordell Patterson, put him on your fantasy team, and while you're at it, go buy you some rookie ticket autos of him for like $5, and you'll be thanking me and just thank me later. <laughs> and, and that paid off for those guys, right? <laughs> Yeah, you know, they're all in first in all their leagues, so you're welcome. And uh, I did actually, before the season, I bought three Prism Autos of Cordell Patterson, and needless to say, those sold very easily. So, yeah, uh, the one thing about him is, yeah, he's 30 uh, as far as a long-term investment, but there's players like him that haven't had the usage that a traditional running back has had uh, over the course of his career. So he's mostly played receiver. So I don't think that his, you know, running back pinnacle is, is here yet. I think he's in, he's in it. And I think it'll last a little bit longer than than traditional running backs would. Uh, it's, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. Cause he is, you know, been in the year of uh, the league for eight years. Like you said, um, his his age apex has obviously been elongated, um, so it's the dude is is an incredible athlete, and I think that's why a lot of people have gone out and sought out his rookie cards and stuff. And and I'm kind of like in the mindset now, like dude, I'm I'm wanting to get more Tyler Heineke's because he's on my fantasy squad in the 12 man league, and he's been clutch for me. And um, I mean, you just look at the guy; the guy's got true grit. And he was another guy that you were like telling me to go out and buy that first week. And he was a roller coaster back earlier in the season. But I would say since about what four weeks ago, when it looked like he was throwing balls just 10 feet over Terry McLaurin's head. Now all of a sudden he's looking a lot more solid, a lot more consistent, you know, better decisions, the whole nine yards and, Fitzpatrick's done for the year, and we're looking at a potential Washington football team wild card position. Isn't it great? It is great, man. And I'm I'm wondering if if um, Tyler Heineke's cards are still undervalued. You know, I would I say would they are. So I would say they are because after that, you know, those first couple games where he came out swinging. The prices went through the roof, uh, you know, Mike White style. Uh, and then after a few weeks, just dive bombed. Uh, and I'm not saying they're as cheap as they were before he came out and uh, started. But if he remains the starter, I mean, could you make the argument that he's better than Daniel Jones or as good as Daniel Jones? I mean, Daniel Absolutely. Jones, you know, his cards, I don't. I don't understand why it could just be because he plays in New York, but uh, Daniel Jones cards have pretty good value. In my opinion, for mm -hmm. a guy that's not as good as his, his uh, card values would reflect. Daniel Jones. I, yeah. I think that's, I think you're spot on there. It's, it's one, it's the New York giants fan base. And two, it's the draft capital that was spent on him in the 2019 draft. And so he's had that expectation and that hype factor baked into in that fan base values, size value baked into his rookie cards since 2019. Whereas 
Heineke has literally been a backup since 2017. Uh, led the Vikings to like an overtime win in one game where that he's like, it's actually, you could look it up. It's like kind of a, a big video on YouTube. And that, that was Heineke's career before the, the, the playoff game against Tampa Bay, where he almost led the Washington football team to a win in the playoffs against Tampa. And we, he was supermanning into the end zone with the dislocated shoulder and the whole nine yards. It was crazy. And he, so there was like a big spike then. And now this year, you're right. It was, he came in. It was it was hot out of the gate, Mike White style, and then he cooled off big time because he started making mistakes. He started, you know, um, looking like a rookie pretty much, kind of like Mike White did. But there's a much longer leash on Heineke because he does have some very appealing dual threat capability, being able to rush, and he's kind of he, you can tell that they they respect the guy a lot. Like he's a natural leader for on that team. And um, I think that, you know, since then, his, he's kind of continued to, to go back up. What do you think about this comparison? And I've heard this a couple other places as well. But, you know, obviously he may not hit that pinnacle, but a lot of people have compared him to Brett Favre. You know, mm. like you said, he's got grit. What? He's tough. Uh, he's a gunslinger. He's a leader. You know, he, he might never be like, you know, uh, Joe Namath, or he might never be like the the top ten quarterback ever, but he's a guy that can win football games, and that's pretty much what a team looks for. You know the one the one thing I do see very similar to him and Brett Favre is that in these clutch pressure packed situations, Taylor Heineke seems to be able to extend plays and just like make these miraculous break, broken tackles squirts out of a pocket that just had like 12 guys in it and then hits Terry McLaurin in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown in like the last two seconds of a game. You know, he's got that kind of ability to, to lead a team to some just crazy, like what just happened type of moments that, uh, that would make like, you know, incredible uh, attention to draw incredible attention to his rookie cards. Yeah, and I, I feel like in, in, in this country that we live in, uh, people love an underdog. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for him to even to get where he is right now, I feel like that's an accomplishment. And if he can get them into the playoffs, I mean, he'll really make a name for himself. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I, I feel like that there's a, there's a pretty decent possibility that he could continue to get better and better and he could lead them to a win in the playoffs, but like in a wild card game, you know? Yeah, obviously he's not uh, a rookie aged quarterback. He's not uh, super young. He's young. I mean, we live in a day and age where players are playing into their forties now. So this is, He's he's uh, it's his first year what starting, and uh, now he's got a team around him that's pretty young. So hypothetically, he could be there a while. Very true, very true. Hypothetically, he could. I'm kind of looking at the value here of his his rookie ticket autos. Um, for a quarterback, 
for 2015, it's really not bad. It's really not bad, you know, because quarterbacks do drive the market, you know. Oh, wow, look at this, man. Someone got him a nice deal. Now, this one is a sticker auto for whatever reason, but still $44.99. It's a pretty good buy. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good buy, even though it's a sticker auto. Pretty solid autograph. Yeah, I got to give you credit, man. I, uh, as someone who was out of the collecting game for a long time, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the rookie ticket autos existence uh, until your channel. So that that definitely helped out a great bit because I've been able to come across some really good cards uh, as a result of that. I'll tell you, man, rookie ticket auto is is the is where it's at in terms of ROI for investment value. It's one of the it's one of the best cards, uh, in my opinion, to to invest in. Um, yeah. I mean, even look at these cards in his in his college jersey, and it's one of those cards where they printed for almost every player. So it's a great card you can use to comp as well. You know. Uh, do they have a or have they announced a rookie ticket auto for this draft class yet? They have a collegiate one but not the main contender set. Did you, did you see, though, that 2021 Prism has been announced and the artist proofs have been released? Yeah. Uh, I, am I showed them to Carter for the first time yesterday. I'm super excited about that uh, on one hand, and on the other hand, I'm not because – if we are being honest with each other, it's going to be very difficult to get your hand on unopened product. I'm going to pull it up to share with everybody on the live stream right now. You guys are in for a little treat. I'm going to, I'm going to show this in case you guys aren't subscribed to the quest cast, our second YouTube channel. We drop a video every week with Carter from power hour LSU we I showed him the artist proofs for Prism. Here they are, right here on the screen, and it is scheduled to be released in hobby box format, uh, released from distribution on January twenty sixth of twenty twenty two, and they're already sold out. Um, but these are what uh, the parallels look like. They actually did not have a uh, a base proof. So you have this, and then they have the the autographs. They have the rookie autographs, Prism Red Wave. There's a Trey Lance. There's a, a Legends autograph, Bill Parcells, which is pretty cool. And then a rookie patch, Prism Gold autograph, Trevor Lawrence. That's nice. And then I think also, that's real nice. That's nice, right? That's a one-touch effect for you. And then you got this. Look at this manga insert from Brady there in the middle. It's Thanos. He's gonna Thanos. Tom Brady's gonna Tom Brady's gonna snap and all the other teams are gonna vanish. <laughs> That's his in game, man. It's his in game. Nah. <laughs> I think those are pretty cool. I wonder if they're gonna yeah, be I think it's uh, pretty cool. I wonder if they're gonna have the same texture as like the prison cards. That's a good question. I hope they make it nice and thick. And uh that's probably going to be like a million dollars, but <laughs> yeah, is that is that the new downtown? Is that the new kaboom? 
Well, I mean, it's, it's so this is going to be a case hit. Yeah, this is going to be a case hit in Prism, like the Color Blast. So, yeah, I think it's going to be along those levels of a Marvels or a Downtown or a Kaboom. It's going to have that type of collectability factor because, uh, I mean, they're not just going to print it in Brady, right? They're going to be printing these mangas for all the other big-name athletes as well, I imagine. Yeah, no, that, I think that's pretty cool. I think it would be cur- – I'm very curious to see what some of the other ones look like, though. Right? You're, you're excited, aren't you? Yeah. No, I am. So this is hobby only, correct? No, this this is going to be – this is – they're showing the images from the artist proofs from the hobby boxes uh potential hits because the um the hobby boxes and the hobby box cases have gone pre-sale but i imagine there's going to be a chance to pull one of these in a retail box as well okay it's just going to be very rare i can i can already uh i can already see the fights at the uh walmart parking lot people waiting to get inside at 6 a.m Oh yeah. What so what's your opinion on the on the look? On this look right here, the design. You know, I, I actually really like it because you know you have to take something into consideration that you can't really see on the screen, and that's what the the effect of the card is gonna look like, you know. And if you look at what uh, the current prisms look like with the, the color effect, it's it's got the prism effect, it's got uh, a shine to it, a hologram look to it as well. You know, on the screen, it just kind of looks flat and bland, but I think they're going to look really nice. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's I think it's going to be pretty cool. The Brian, Brian, shout out to Brian. He's a big Steelers fan. He's a good dude. He wants to know what your opinion is on Mason Rudolph being the starting QB for the Steelers next year. Um, I'd like to hear your opinion before I give mine, Steve. Uh, I could be wrong, but I believe he's a free agent, isn't he? Be, be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is. Not right now, but I'm saying at the end of the season, um, I could be wrong. I, I was just reading an article on this before the stream. Uh, it's either him or Haskins that's a free agent at the end of the season. Uh okay, so Mason Rudolph signed a one-year five million contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, but it says free agent twenty twenty-three. I think he signed a one-year contract with them this year, meaning he's extended through twenty twenty-two. All right. Uh, I yeah, because think... it says Rudolph's twenty twenty-two base salary is just three million. So you know, so he's actually... going to be yeah. There's actually a rumor, uh, and obviously there's other suitors, but that Jimmy Garoppolo can end up there. Jimmy Garoppolo, that's not that's not a bad um, calculation. I, I, I I definitely, yeah. It's an upgrade from, you know, the way Roethlisberger's playing. Not that he hasn't kind of turned it up a little bit lately, but I think it's safe to say he's probably done after this year. This man especially with with the aging offensive line that the Steelers have um and hit I mean he took a nasty hit to his elbow last week you saw that did you see that I didn't yeah he took a nasty hit to his elbow and I thought I was like oh that that was his throwing elbow 
and I was like, oh man, he might be he might be missing some time for that because that was the same elbow he had the surgery on, and he was clutching it, grimacing in pain. Um, and we already know he's been struggling to kind of push the ball down the field. You're right. There's been some games where he's had an uptick in the passing uh, velocity in the passing downfield and everything, but he's so immobile. You know, it's kind of one of those things with the aging offensive line. They really need somebody that's got a little bit more athletic ability um, that has a little bit better throw velocity. And I don't think Mason Rudolph's the answer. They've they've tried that, and I don't think Mason Rudolph has delivered for them. Uh, I think they've at some point this season, before the season ends, they've got to give Dwayne Haskins a full start to see if he can perform. You know, because they they had he hasn't had a chance yet, right? I mean, he they've got to give him a chance to see what they've got in him. Uh, but I don't know if that he's it either because it didn't pan out for the Washington Redskins either. I think that uh, you know, there's three elite quarterbacks that'll be hypothetically free agents next year, and I would be more than certain that. The Steelers will make a, a play at them, at least. Not guaranteeing they'll get one of them, but, you know, everyone's going to be in on Russell Wilson. Everyone's going to be in on Rodgers. Uh, you know, that's not even counting Garoppolo. And then, you know, we'll see what happens with Deshaun Watson. I mean, he would be a great fit there because uh, they need someone mobile until that line gets built back up. That's true. The problem with the Pittsburgh Steelers is they're in a tight spot because they went out and acquired so many defensive players because they thought they were in a win-now mode this year, trying to make the playoffs and win this year, that they do not have nearly the salary cap space that the Denver Broncos have. You know, so And when it comes down to bidding for these Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks that are going to become available, which does not happen very often, the Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to get the first man up. They're not going to get the top dog. They, they may struggle to get the second or third guy. They may be, you know, they, they may be forced to uh, pick, you know, one of the guys coming out in the draft next year. I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, like I wouldn't say for a certainty, but I think that in regards to the question, I would say probably not for Mason. Let's see, Pittsburgh Steelers available salary cap twenty twenty two. What's up, Lenny Voodoo Rage? They got a big cap hit, man. These TJ Watts gonna be hitting the cap thirty-one million next year. How much is uh, Roethlisberger hanging on to, though? Uh, it wasn't much. I I just had his up. It it was a few million for sure. Um, he's not on the let's see, twenty twenty-two salary cap. Table. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, two point five dead cap, ten million, ten point three million cap hit. The only thing I could think of is that, I mean, there's three, maybe even four really good QBs out there in the offseason. And if they want one of them, you know, they could hypothetically get any of them. They might have to restructure some deals or something or front load or back load, whoever's coming in. But, uh, 
I mean, they have any quarterback wants to go to a team that has really good receivers, and I feel like they do. I think I was right. the only person. Not- I was the only person I know that predicted that Tom Brady would go to the Patriots, or excuse me, the Buccaneers. So, and if you look at what they have, they have a defense, and they have amazing receivers, and that's kind of the same thing that the Steelers have. We also drafted Tristan Wirfs, and we had Donovan Smith and Ryan Jensen as our center. So we had an incredible offensive line to protect him as well. Wirfs is a beast. We're, and in fact, I mean, you've gotten into some offensive line uh, collecting, <laughs> right? I got, I was so mad last night. I uh, I had an auction lined up for uh, Wirfs Optic Rookie orange which is like out of what uh 199 or whatever and uh i totally got distracted and missed it it went for two dollars and 30 cents i was beating myself up all evening over it two dollars and 30 cents holy cow man yeah Yeah, I can't say I collect all linemen, but uh, you know, if if they're on the Bears or the Bucks, I'll probably buy them. Hmm. Look at this Trevor Lawrence over under at the the Rams at the Rams on Sunday at four oh five, two hundred and sixteen passing yards. Hmm. Risque. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I, I never really had a great feeling about him this year anyway, but I don't know. I, I think that every time I give him an inch of credit and take an over on any of his bets, it always blows up in my face. So I don't know. That scares me. I definitely take Najee at home. 92.5 rushing and receiving against uh, division rivals Baltimore. This is a must-win game for for Pittsburgh. I think it's I think it's you know I like this time of year when there's teams that are mathematically still in it uh, despite maybe having a losing record or a 500 record. Not that I'm saying they will, but let's look at the Chicago Bears mathematically still in it mathematically you are correct sir i mean yeah four and seven they could still make a wild card run this is a week 18 week season does that mean i think they'll get there i mean have they played better the past few weeks than they have all year of course but i don't know (laughs) justin fields is coming back this week yeah, uh, the thing with, I don't know, as, as a lifelong Bears fan, here's one thing that you know about the Bears is they don't win big. They win <laughs> ugly every time. Why, man? I know, I know. I've noticed that, dude. And it's it freaking, it's, it's so, uh, it's such a difficult game to watch. Like, man, it's so hard to get emotionally invested in any of the, Bears players or like <laughs> the team. I mean, because... Moody and Montgomery are pretty safe, but outside of that, it's really hard as far as collecting. 
So ran, random thought, I, I saw you had the Brady bet up there. Uh, mm-hmm. He's actually leading the league in not only touchdowns, but passing completions. So I thought that was pretty cool. Ooh. Completions. I mean, he's front runner for MVP. I definitely think that Brady's going to get the MVP again this year with the way things are going. Yeah, that, that would be great. 23. Yeah, he's got a ton of completions. You know what? I think so he's, are beating you alluding? The, he's beating the second guy by uh, 50 or 60. Wow. He is due for a bigger passing game. The thing is, man, he hasn't had like one of these big over 300 games since Antonio Brown's been hurt. <laughs> Except the one at New Orleans before the bye. Giants, are, but it's so game script dependent. Like Brady's just a winner, you know, like he doesn't, he's okay with running the ball 25, 30 times in the game if that means they win. I'll be honest, that, that Atlanta game does scare me. Not not in the effect of them losing, because they won't, but in the effect of Fournette coming off of a five-touchdown game. Uh, I don't think Atlanta's going to put many points up. And, uh, you know, not that they don't run the score up sometimes, not like they did with the Patriots, but you know, I, as an older quarterback, I could see them maybe preserving – if, uh, if they start getting ahead quite a bit. Yeah, you know, we, we threw he threw 276 yards against Atlanta in week two. Um, I remember that game. I mean, it wasn't even a really much of a challenge in that game. He didn't even, I mean, he threw five touchdown passes. Five touchdown passes, only 276 yards. That's how, like, good our defense set us up. The whole nine yards, it was just a steamroll. Five touchdown passes. I mean, if you look at how bad Atlanta looked against non-championship caliber teams the past couple weeks, I would be skeptical on a lot of these overs like Brady's. Uh, There's a good chance the defense scores a touchdown in this game, and there's a good chance there's a lot of turnovers. Yeah, Mike Evans only had 75 yards in that game. In fact, Mike Evans hasn't hit the over on 75 yards since week seven. And before that, he had 27, then 113, 75, 106. So, I mean, we could be looking at a big Mike Evans week. Uh, I mean, it could be, or it could be Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin's due for a big week. Or, or like you said, like, we don't even need to really, I mean, yeah, he's going to throw for 250 yards, but that'll be 253 touchdowns. Leonard Fournette gets three touchdowns. <laughs> there's, you know, there's uh, 44 points right there. Yeah, no, I, I don't think there's any question that they'll get respectable fantasy points. Uh, as far as the raw passing yardage, I don't know if it's going to be there because of, you know, the extenuating circumstances. Well, I got to find, let's look at, let's look at uh, Vegas before we, before we sign off, let's look at the odds. So, like we talked, we just talked about MVP. Still, like Tom Brady, clear front runner right now um, by uh, almost 200 points on the odds. So, I mean, it's pretty solid. Tom Brady is the front runner. Josh Allen, Rogers, Kyler Murray, 
and he's just kind of fell, fell, fell as he's just like not played, not played, you know, not played. Tied with Mahomes, who's still up there. Dak, Jonathan Taylor now in the top seven for yeah, like, MVP like consideration. It's not, it's not, not often. And even Cooper Cup, I see his name on there. It's not not very often you see a skill position player. Yeah, win the MVP. The last one was Adrian Peterson, man. Back in like 2012. I want to look and see what um, the, the rookie ticket autos of Jonathan Taylor has gotten up to. Sold December 1st, 390. Man, his collegiates are up to $70. Yeah, they're getting expensive, bro. This one's a sticker, too, but it's numbered out of 20. I like that. I like that orange one there. That was nice. This one right here? Yeah. Yeah, number 24 out of 50. That is nice. There you go. Here's a good old base one. 145 by it now 145 so wow i mean that's up to 145 you compare that to another elite running back that is injured let's uh let's take him acres and let's see what what his are down to i mean big market he could have been in a similar situation as um jonathan taylor right now if he never got hurt yeah the interesting thing about cam acres is that yeah, his prices are down, but people are still buying. I mean, if you look, people are still buying his cards. I think it's the it's that hope that look, he's so young. We know he's going to be coming back next year, and it's going to be on. You know, and he's still got so much time ahead of him, and he was a, such a promising prospect coming in that you know they're still investing in the market size is big. So I mean, it, they're definitely well. I, I guess you could say a third to a fourth but this is more than i expected to see them selling for to be honest with you you know he's another one uh just like uh derrick henry uh who could be back in the playoffs really yep that's that's interesting right there we know jk dobbins is not going to be back in the playoffs yeah his are going for around the same price as cam Akers. Yeah, I remember uh, early in the season reading some metrics on uh, Dobbins, and uh, they could get him back. I mean, I think if he didn't get hurt, they'd be in a much better position uh, than they are right now. So there's J.K. Dobbins. I think that, you know, looking at the value of his, they're around the same as Cam Akers, around that $40 price point. So we're talking a fourth, 25% of Jonathan Taylor. Um, let's look at uh, Clyde Edwards. And I always what's forget your, how to. What's your t- What's your take on uh, Mr. Clyde? I mean, I wanna I wanna like him. Like I've liked him more in the past, and I I didn't spell his name wrong. His name is hard for me to remember how to spell. And I mean, I know he was part of that prolific offense at LSU, um, and he is. A, like a kind of like a powerhouse workhorse back. He's kind of smaller, thicker, but he's got good receiving ability, uh, good between the tackles, upfield ability. 
but between the injuries and then just like fumbling and clutch situations has really kind of, I think, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I think his potential, though, is huge. There was also a little bit of a stigma around him last year as um, around blocking, around pass blocking, pass protecting for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's a big one. And he's already missed five games this year. He also, um, there was something controversial that he did on the field not too long ago. I can't, I can't think of it, but I was like, it was something disrespectful that he did or controversial that he did on the field that wasn't, I don't think, a very good look for him either. You know, I, I also think with him a lot of, I'm not saying that he's necessarily a top-tier running back, but I do think that his fantasy success or lack of this year, other than the injury, his, a lot of that's had to do with just the Chiefs' mediocre play in general. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, he's a product of his environment in a lot of ways this year. I, it, look, his dude, his rookie ticket autos are not selling for very much more than two guys who aren't even playing at all this year, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. Yeah, that's okay. So that's pretty wild, right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – I, I guess that is a testament to the general public's faith, you know, faith in his longevity as a, as a starting running back. Yeah, dude, this one is numbered out of 99, and it's a, a playoff ticket auto um, that's silver. That's like, it looks like it was from the, it looks like it was from the base set, but yeah, it's from the base set, but you see the silver on it, and numbered oh, and out of 99. Uh, and it's uncirculated on top of that. Yeah, and it's sealed from Panini uh, um, that sold for $49.99. Wow. Wow. That's a good I mean that's a it's a bargain. I mean if the Chiefs even if the Chiefs go to the playoffs, you'd make at least a couple bucks off that, I'm sure. All right, so now we look at Antonio Gibson, who I think is going to his his stock should go up here and oh wow, somebody should jump on this <laughs> like oh, man. right now. <laughs> Dude, tw- ends in twelve minutes is only at nine dollars and sixty cents. You guys were looking. No, I, I haven't. I haven't been watching my auction tabs. I'm ninety nine percent sure I have that saved somewhere. Uh, yeah. So, I guess. I guess before we sign off, man, because we still got looks like six people out there. Uh, I want you to explain to people what you were explaining to me about how why it's important to actually instead of go- just going ahead and placing. You know, say my max bid on this was $30. Instead of me placing my $30 max bid on this now, like actually watching this, setting my notifications to where it lets me know when there's two minutes left. And so I can come on here and then quickly assess whether I want to get in or not and placing my bid in the last 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, uh, from my experience, the, the longer you can wait to submit your final bid, uh, specifically the last second is, is pretty imperative because the earlier you bid, um, you will kind of start a little wildfire, if you will, um, and get other people bidding against you. So uh, 
realistically, so I'm I have a card that I am literally bid on just right now in one. I'll give you an example. As we're having this recording right now, I just bid on a McLaurin Prism rookie out of two forty nine. I got it for fifteen bucks. I mean that card should sell for way more than that, but it was at eleven. And had I put in fifteen dollars twenty minutes ago, somebody would have put in sixteen at the last second, or somebody would have put in twenty at the last second. So the people that have the high bid going into the final seconds, minutes, whatever, are going to sit there in comfort knowing that they either have the high bid at whatever it shows or near whatever it shows. So, you know, you just have to use your judgment on, you know, what you're willing to pay for the card within reason and then throw that down at the last second. Because uh, if your objective is to get the card for as little as possible, then I would be waiting the last second if that means setting an alarm on your phone uh or just sitting there and watching it if it ends in 10 minutes like this card does uh that's ultimately the best way uh i would say i mean i i probably do this for about 50 cards a week uh and i can tell you that the ones that i bid early on will cost me more money i think that whether you're collecting to keep it in a personal collection or to resell it i think we can all agree that the objective is to get the card for the lowest price possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good point that you made, Steve, because it's it's kind of like, you know, showing your move too soon or showing your your hand too soon, like that. In in terms of cards and and winning auctions at the lowest possible price, your bid in these auctions is you is your hand. That is that is the the power that you have and so if you go ahead and show that by putting it out there and, and raising it up to whatever the next highest bid is then yeah you, you just gave the next bidder that was already planning to get in at a certain price that ammunition i, I think that that i think that makes really good sense actually i i've always thought about um <laughs> what's going on jennings yeah you should look at this gibson right here it's only got nine minutes left it's incredibly undervalued compared to the injured i mean we just looked at cam Akers, we just looked at um jonathan taylor jk dobbins and clyde edwards hilaire the clyde edwards hilaire is going for about a little bit more than the cam Akers and the dobbins around this card probably 40 50 dollars and what's antonio gibson jd mckissick just went down with an injury at the end of that monday night game antonio gibson still had 100 yards uh, I think Antonio Gibson's stock is going to keep going up. The guy is, is it looks like a beast out there on the field. I think he's going to get better and better. He didn't really run the ball a whole lot in college, so he's he's still kind of you know developing that vision as a downfield runner too. I bought about thirty of his rookie cards before the season uh, this year, and as the season started, I was like, "Damn, did I did I see this wrong? Did I evaluate this wrong?" And, uh, you know, like you said, I think he's just starting to get acclimated to the offense and to, to the speed of the game. And uh, now I'm looking back and I'm glad I got him because he's, he's showing he's legit. Mm-hmm. And he's really coming into his prime. Wow, man. Dude, how unfortunate. One bid on the other, wow. on another one the same. And the photo Somebody, variation only went for two dollars more. Yeah, this is the same. That right there is the same card. Just 
like a different um, angle. Yeah, and then yeah, and then the photo variation. But this is this is the base set. You can see this is an optic. Oh right, like the right, one right. we're watching right now is the optic, and the base optic, which is on card, um, rookie ticket auto, and then it's a thicker card too as well. And this is the base contenders. It is a different photo, as you can see, uh, but pretty much everything else is the same in terms of the numbers on it, the team logos, except it says, you know, contenders up here instead of optic and different photo. And then you have this wild card. You talked earlier about, you know, what players' cards could go up if they make the playoffs. I mean, could you imagine Gibson? At, if he's sitting around twenty dollars for a, a rookie ticket auto, you know that that's looking at a huge return. Yeah, I think even, you know, we, I think even yeah. if they don't make the playoffs, that's a that's a hell of a buy. That's a hell of a buy, even if they don't. Just in his dynasty value alone, I mean, he's so such a young player, and we talked about Antonio Gibson didn't get a ton of carries in in uh, in college, and so he's got a ton of miles left in the tank a ton of juice left in the tank i like it what's up jason bills mafia in the house what's going on man we are dude jason jonathan taylor rookie ticket autos going for between 150 to 200 and we're eyeballing this auction with six minutes left of antonio gibson going at you know, $11.50, like licking our chops right now. So I think that, I think that's a great point, man. Take away from this is that I'm going to start setting my notifications to be hit me at two minutes and then wait. How, what, how, how close to the ending of the auction do you put in your bid? Like how close do you play it? Cause there is like, you know, oh, you when, you, have to when put you, in you see the, the one come up, when you see it turn to one, that's when I turn it in. Uh, believe it or not, there are legal apps you can get that will auto bid for people. Um, I don't use one personally, but if you leave someone enough time to react to your bid, they will. Uh, and the only time you'll lose an auction is either you didn't bid high enough or the person has a second bid in they're the high bidder and they have a second bid in and that's higher than your current bid those are the only two ways you're going to lose at that point if you give someone a chance to react to the to your bid they will um and we live in a time mm -hmm. where who doesn't have a cell phone right and and if you get outbid on an auction you get a notification on your phone so the long you know the more notice you give someone that their chance of getting that card is not there anymore you know the more likely are there to come back in and start a bidding war with you wow so you're you're literally waiting till it says one second yep <laughs> i'm actually so, so if like if i had this bid and i said i wanted to go up to because i don't i i mean right now oh i i've been out bid at 1250 probably by jennings over here <laughs> I'm trying to get how <laughs> Brian's trying to get that card. Now you guys go for it. I'm just I'm just kind of experimenting here out loud, theorizing here with my good friend Steve Scaladesi. Uh, because he got a tremendous amount of experience in this now. And obviously he's winning some of these auctions that he's telling me about before the show, he's winning extremely low. Like he's guaranteed to make money on. 
and um, he's quickly becoming a legend at his local post office uh, for for good reasons. <laughs> so if if I were to have an 1850, I would have to. I would have to click this, but then I'd have to click something else to confirm, right? Yeah. So what you want to do is, and actually, I would go eighteen fifty one. Here's why, because the okay. denominations are in fifty cent increments. Okay. So if someone tries to outbid you at eighteen fifty, you're going to win the auction, and I don't think you're going to flip out about a cent. All right. So when you hit place bid, you'll have a second notification thing pop up, and that's to confirm the bid right so don't click ah. that yet right but that's where you want to kind of leave it and if you have several auctions open at the same time you can put your bid amount in place the bid and then just leave the confirm up okay and then wait for the time to get low then confirm it when it's as low as possible you know mm. so if if i were literally to wait till that says one s and like be watching it and as soon as it turned to one i click confirm do you think that it would have enough time to go through yeah yeah i mean as soon as you see it flick from two to one click it uh it is enough time i have had issues where i'm talking like one in a thousand chance where like i had like a small internet lag and uh you know it didn't make it through so i mean if you're if you're more comfortable doing it at two seconds you know you can but Believe it or not, it, it actually does come down to timing. Um, there's someone on the other end of the keyboard sitting there with their finger on the trigger, just like you are. So <laughs> we got a couple guys, I think, out in the in the chat. <laughs> they got their fingers on the trigger. No, I'm gonna watch it. I hope one of you guys win it at very low. Um, I think that would be awesome. You can see that the other ones are going for around twenty to twenty-five, which is still incredibly low. Like even. Uh, these AJ Dillons, which I know that they're going up, and we're specifically looking at uh, buy it nows right here. Solds. Oh no, these are these are all okay. So like this AJ Dillon orange number three out of fifty for seventy one sixty six. I mean that's definitely gone up from before he started getting a bigger workload in in Green Bay in the last couple weeks. But they're still low compared to Jonathan Taylor. You know, when we compare to what it could be at, if you were to really, truly break out, you know, Green Bay's got a big market. This dude's also Dylan's deals. It's Dylan's deals, man. He's in the hobby. Yeah. And the guy yeah, no, collects I, I one of ones of them after you put it out on the channel. Yeah, I mean, look, look at just the value of Gary V's cards because he's in the hobby. You know, and he's a celebrity, you know. So, I mean, A.J. Dillon's a professional athlete that has the ability to break out and play at a really high level. And he's also deep into the hobby, man. And I think from just a, a running back skill perspective, I mean, I think it's not a mystery that he can plow people over. But the guy is yeah. super athletic. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. I mean, that's those are the things you look for out of a running back. Who else do we have from 2020 that would be uh, worth looking up? Oh, uh, DeAndre Swift. Now, yeah. I know he just went out, but he's been a baller this year. I think he's going to miss a couple weeks with, what, like a groin? Yeah, I think they said it's going to be up to four weeks. A but shoulder. Shoulder could miss multiple weeks. 
Uh, DeAndre Swift could miss a, a return quickly for his AC joints. I mean, the Lions are one team that are definitely not making the playoffs. <laughs> Even You know what? It's going to be up to the coaches, though, because he said he wants to play, and he did practice. Hmm. So I think that's insane, but, hey, you know what? Well, let's look at the, the value of DeAndre Swift rookie ticket autos. Uh, I mean, dude, they're going for like more than Antonio Gibson for whatever wild reason. And I mean, well, I guess around that maybe a little bit higher. They're definitely low, right? I mean, definitely low, but they're going for like, it's it's wild to see guys like Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins selling for more than guys like Antonio Gibson. Um, these DeAndre Swift prices are pretty good. So it's de- yeah, they're it's- definitely like they're at that tier like of, you know, Jonathan Taylor is at 150 to 200 and these guys are at that 30 to 50. What's really wild is that Antonio Gibson's like at 20, which is like a, sm- a big giant red flag to buy, you know? Yeah, and I think that's just because he came on so late. Uh, he hasn't been putting huge games up until the past couple weeks. Raven says he bids at five seconds. Look, the uh, person won it for twenty four twenty five. It's still not bad. I can I can tell you with one hundred percent certainty that even bidding at one second, if you go to the screen you're on right now, there's occasionally times people bid after me. So I mean. I don't know if they're using wow. an add-on or what, but it, it, it does happen. Well, what it what if it so so it's interesting, right? Because if if nobody else is so say take um hmm, let's let me uh let me let me find another one to give you an example because I think that this is something that I want to ask you about. Let's find a bid. All right, let's this one right here. So if I were to bid here $15 and there's nobody else in on this auction, right? I know it's got five bids, but if I was to place this bid now and nobody else had a bid in, it wouldn't move from 10, right? It would just stay at 10, right? Uh, the current bid is 10 or there's no bids currently? The current, well, uh, looks like, you know, the current bid is at 10 because it says five bids. Okay, so it'll go up. It'll go up by a dollar, I believe. I know this will probably go over, and I want to experiment. So if I were to confirm, okay, I'm the highest bidder. So, okay, so it mandatory so went look, up fifty cents. Yeah, if you look under the um, yeah, X that up. If you go under the current price, it'll tell you um, enter a bid more than. That's for you. So what everyone else sees is that they have to bid at least 11. So up to a certain price threshold, it's 50 cent increments. And mm-hmm. then at a certain pr- uh, price threshold, it's a dollar and then 250 and then five. But now we're talking like 100, $200 cards at that point. So uh, that's something to note. And that's why I said the one cent does make a difference. I mean, I'll even throw some weird numbers in there like uh, 23 or 17 or you know whatever throw some weird numbers in at the end because those few pennies uh, are going to win you more auctions than they won't because you get a lot of people betting round numbers. 
So these guys have only bid up, these previous five bidders have only bid up to 10. I bid up to 15, so it went to 1050, but this still sent them a notification that says, hey, you're no longer the highest bidder. It sent that guy a message that said, hey, you're no longer the highest bidder, which is signaling him to go in and maybe raise his bid up. And then if he were to bid 15, it would go automatically to 1550 and it would tell him again, hey, you're no longer the highest bidder. And right. so now Inst we've instantly instantly raised it up to that before the end of the auction, which is kind of the whole thought around saving your bid to the very last second, right? Yeah, and there's there's other ways around that. I mean, if it's a card you have to have, I mean, I still think waiting until the last second's the way to go. Uh, if the auction, there's auctions that do just get slept on, uh, and it's not because the card's bad or or is in bad condition, but you could have five of the same card, and four of them go for a hundred dollars, and one might go for sixty, just because people weren't paying attention. So I mean, that's kind of, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot if you're throwing too much money at it ahead of time. Mm. but your well, final man, bid that's a... your final bid can be uh you know as high as you're willing to pay for the card but because of the way that the bid structure works it's only going to go up the amount it needs to go up for you to be the high bidder right yeah it's only going to go up for the amount that it, it takes to make you the high bidder and it's not going to necessarily show the other bidder what you've gone up to unless they also put in a bid. Like if, like if you know the cards, let's say that an extreme situation, like the card has a retail of two hundred, uh, it's at fifty bucks with ten seconds left, and you put in a hundred and one with one second left, like you're leaving a huge gap where that person probably won't beat your bid, but it's enough of a gap that you'll probably still be the high bidder um, and get the card not at a 101, but just whatever above the last bid, whatever his bid was. Mm, wow, man, that is awesome stuff, dude. Look how look how crazy look how crazy low this James Robinson rookie ticket auto went for. Three dollars. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. Hey, crap, dude. One win for ninety-nine cent. Only got one bid. That's that's crazy. I will say this too for you guys trying to get, um, you know, add on top of the strategy I just gave you. Uh, Sunday is the day to bid on cards i know football's really? on i know football's on but i have my computer screen and to my left i have a tv and i'm doing both at once and i can tell you that there's enough people watching football and now you have the holidays coming up uh there will be auctions getting slept on and that is going to be to your advantage mm. hey what's up late stick in the house what's going on corey yeah, we're, we're just actually wrapping up this live stream, but I think that's an incredible nugget that you just dropped here. I, I saw it last week, man. I saw it last week in some of the purchases that I'll be sharing in the upcoming mail day. Um, but I, I agree with you, man. I think a lot of people 
are very distracted right now. Um, people that aren't as diehard as we are, right? And uh, and following it on a daily, weekly basis. And I think you can take advantage of this if you've got some some spare capital, some spare bankroll to invest in cards. I think you can find some incredible prices. Some of the guys we talked about tonight. The funny thing is, Steve, as we've been doing this, my underdog uh, draft for the the um, <laughs> the underdog draft has been going. Like, look, it completed. I accidentally got auto drafted through the whole thing, <laughs> so oh, it filled up. Let's look and see who I got on auto draft. So remember, the intent of this guys is to get players that you think are going to perform well for the duration the entirety of the playoffs this best ball tournament starts um in the wild card round of the playoffs and goes all the way through to the super bowl so it's a it's 16 leagues but it's a huge tournament of a bunch of leagues and they eliminate um they eliminate uh leagues so after the first round you'll eliminate you know all all five of these guys will take the winner and we'll move it on to the next round Actually, I mean, so far, this is not looking too bad. <laughs> I think your team actually looks pretty good, honestly. They gave me Kelsey at the first pick. It's interesting that it's all skill position players in the first round. I'm, I'm assuming that these guys with their little shields means that they do this a lot, and they, uh, they were probably present for their draft. So I got a, like a true auto draft pick with guys that were actually competing um so i got kelsey aaron jones and then this is a snake format as well darrell henderson it's also half point ppr amari cooper wow okay damian harris matt stafford's my qb michael pittman zach I the Ertz. Ertz. i love the Ertz. yeah man the zach Ertz, and actually with the the way they have the the flex the wide receiver tight end spots you can play two tight ends easily you can actually play up to three tight ends uh technically because there's a flex and then there's a wide receiver uh tight two wide receiver tight end spots i like the Ertz as well in arizona uh dalvin cook he i know he's injured right now but I don't, i'm not sure how long he's going to be out i think it's just a minor couple weeks type of deal I think they uh it sounds like they underplayed it but i think he'll probably come back in a couple of weeks christian kirk and then christian kirk um so so not bad i'm looking at the high value qbs patrick mahomes still kyler murray still josh allen tom brady all the way in the fourth honestly with my bias though i'd be going i'd be going for the tampa bay stack I don't know. It's a very interesting strategy to see. You can still see that Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, from a production standpoint through the duration of the playoffs are, are still kind of projected higher. But Josh Allen, Tom Brady, Dak, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar, all right there. Tannehill. Yep. Herbert. Interesting. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to keep doing these. Uh, more of these every week guys so so we'll be back next week doing this again i hope you guys got a lot of i, I learned stuff from steve tonight we also uh played pickums i'll share with you guys my my picks for tomorrow night so live 
my pickums for tomorrow night. We did two sets of pickums. I did four picks. Uh, the first one I took the over on CD Lamb, or this was actually the second one I did. The first one I did, I took the over on Tony Pollard rushing and receiving yards. The under on Dak Prescott's passing yards is 280. The over on Michael Gallup's 46.5 receiving yards, and the under on Traquan Smith. And then for this one, I did the same over on Tony Pollard combined yardage, and then the over on CD Lamb 62.5. So a little contrarian play to Michael Gallup's over. And then I also took the under on Marquez Callaway. It's a contrarian play to the Traquan Smith under. And then Ezekiel Elliott under as well. Kind of uh, parlaying that off the Tony, Tony Pollard over uh, so instead of taking the Dak so under. So uh, there you go, guys. Man, this has been a blast uh, live stream tonight, Steve. I've learned a lot from you, man. I appreciate you coming on again. And I look forward Glad to, to doing here, this man. again next My week. My honor. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. You can find Steve at Scaladesi on social media, on Instagram. And we're right here. I'm sure all you guys are subscribed to the channel. And if you're not and you're lurking out there, what the hell are you doing? Go smash that like button. Hit the subscribe. We'll see you guys in that next one. Peace. Nice.